Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 45 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai. Hey, I'm happy to be catching up with you guys again this week. I do have an awesome interview to share with you again this week, so um, you won't be listening to me just talking this episode again, but I do want to catch you guys up a little bit on some of the stuff that's going on for those of you who are interested. (laughs) Um, This is the big week for the, we are leaving this weekend, this Saturday morning for the low carb cruise. So we're very excited about that, and um, I will be speaking, this will be my first year speaking on that cruise uh, with the other presenters, so I'm excited about that. So that should be pretty fun. They have me, my speaking topic is um, getting into keto and how to um, kind of optimize that process and kind of get a good jump start on keto. So that should be fun topic to talk about. Uh, looking forward to the cruise in general. It should be really fun. I honestly haven't had a lot of time to kind of think about it and and haven't packed a single thing, haven't even actually thought about what I'm going to be packing. Um, I've just really had my nose in the books, um, you know, studying and trying to finish up a lot of my coursework for the NTP training, which I will uh, be doing finals for that the week after I get back from this cruise. So it's a lot on my plate right now, and um, but I am I'm getting through. I actually went out and bought an, a cute little um, index, you know, wire bound index cards, so that I can just I've got all I'm putting down all of my notes for the finals on there. So all of the modules I will be able to just have that with me in my beach bag or my pool bag and wherever we're lounging during the cruise. I will if you see me on the cruise if you see me lounging on the beach, you will probably see me studying. (laughs) So I'm going to be working on that and uh, figure, you know, hey, there's no better place to be studying than than beachside, I I don't think. So I thought that would be a nice way to do it. So I'm just going to dig into it. And you know, it's interesting because these are the things that I like to study and go over anyway, is is, uh, everything that's health related. So really getting all of this stuff cemented in my brain and the uh, the technicality of it and uh, and you know all of that is actually pretty good. So I mean I would be reading something about health anyway or listening to podcasts. So I might as well be doing this. And I downloaded all of my uh, final exam reviews onto my iTunes account on my phone. So I will be able to put in headphones and and listen to those reviews. <laughs> so. I am getting all that information in there. So I did get to finish up all of my coursework yesterday, so that was pretty exciting, or at least the coursework that's online, Um, all of my homework, so to speak. I do have one final uh, project that is due, so I still am finishing that up, but I hope to have that done before I leave because I kind of wanted to leave with nothing left to do but study. Uh, for the exam. That was kind of my my goal. So I hope to have all that finished up here over the next couple of days. That should be good. So if any of you are going to be on the low carb cruise, I look forward to seeing you there. I know at least um, I have one person that has reached out to me and let me know that she will be on the low carb cruise and she's actually a client of mine. So I'm looking forward to meeting her. I've seen her through Skype and our um, interview that way, but I've never got to meet her in person. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to any of the rest of you who um, maybe listen to this podcast. If you're going to be on the low carb cruise, I would love it if you would reach out and let me know that you're going to be on there. And I really look forward to meeting all you guys. So it should be pretty fun. I'm excited about uh, meeting a lot of the other presenters. I do know some of them. Um, some of them I've interviewed on this podcast and been interviewed on their podcast, and some I have not uh, spoken to or met before. So 
looking forward to that. So it should be pretty fun. Derek's gonna be with me so that it'll be a nice relaxing time for us. As much as I would not have planned it to be this week if I was planning the trip, um, I am grateful for it to be this week because I think with everything that I have going on right now in my life with my school and you know my husband's business and, and our vacation properties, you know that business, that side of things, and the kids and the, we are actually going to be gone during the last week of school, which is not ideal. Any of you moms and dads out there know that that is such a crazy busy time. That last week of school with all the classroom parties and the graduations from this and that and all of that kind of thing. So that's a little bit nerve wracking, but I think it, this trip does come, it's gonna kind of force me to relax a little bit and de-stress and uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't talk, I can't talk to clients, I can't talk to my kids, I can't, you know, be worried about housework or, you know, I will be studying. But like I said, I enjoy this stuff. I mean, the health and wellness, I mean, that is my, uh, that is what I've chosen to be in and it is what I enjoy. So, so I'm actually looking forward to doing the studying while I'm on the trip. And I think this is just going to be a really good relaxing and healing thing for me during the next eight, uh, you know, the eight days that we're gone. And I think it'll, it'll be a refresher for me. So hopefully I will come back uh, refreshed and ready to uh, really just conquer it. So looking forward to that. Um, while, now we will be gone next week during when I typically release a podcast. So I'm looking into how I'm going to do that. I do have some interviews that have been pre-recorded. So I was looking at whether or not I'm going to do um, one of those pre-recorded interviews or if perhaps uh, Derek and I might record one uh, while we're actually on the cruise and see about putting that out there. So I'm not really sure what we're going to do yet or how we're going to do it. Um, there is very limited uh, the very limited internet connection when you're on a cruise. So um, just going to try to figure that out, but um, we'll see how that's going to go. So uh, stay tuned, see, see what happens next week. Uh, so today I do have a great interview for you, but before we get into that interview, I did, oh, let me share one more thing with you. So today is Derek's birthday. So my husband, Derek, who is often on the podcast here with me, um, is not today. He is in a seminar today. He was in a seminar all day yesterday and all day today. And so that's what he's spending his birthday doing. But we will be taking him out for dinner and I am getting ready to make him an awesome keto birthday cake that I am going to surprise him with later this uh, afternoon. He doesn't know we're going to do it yet. So I'm pretty excited about making that for him. So I'm going to work on doing that. And, uh, but Anyway, uh, so that's so that's exciting news for today. But what I wanted to do before I get into the podcast or the interview, I'm sorry, before I get into the interview, I did want to read a couple of reviews. Now, I do not think that I have um, shared these, so I apologize if any of these are repeats. But I've had some uh, several new ones come in, so I'm really excited about that. So the first one says fresh ideas, and it is a five star review by Keto Beekeeper. And they say, I've really appreciated Jessica's insights into the ketogenic diet and other health topics. I'm still waiting on some warmer weather to try grounding. Thanks for doing what you do, especially with the busyness of life with five kids. Ignore those that don't see the value in what you do. Thank you so much, Keto Beekeeper. I appreciate that. Then I have another one of another five-star review. It says amazing information. And I cannot, I don't even attempt the first name because I'm afraid I'm going to not say it right. And I do know this person, she, through, for, through social media, uh, I recognize her name through there, but last name is Luciano. And she says, thank you for all the information and the way you explain, explain things to us. Love listening to your podcast and can't wait to hear new ones. So thank you so much for that amazing feedback. I love that. And then I'll read one more, another five-star review from Keto Brooke. She says, I love your podcast. I really enjoy looking forward to your podcast every week. I love that you are so real and down to earth. I love all the bantering at the beginning of the podcast. I really enjoy hearing what is going on with your family as well as all the wonderful content of your podcast. Thanks for being so generous and having a heart to help others. So thank you guys so much for that feedback. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening every week. And it's just awesome. You guys are why I do this podcast and I really appreciate it. 
So um, let's get into the interview that I have for you guys today. So today we are going to be talking with Evan DeMarco. And what we're talking about during in this podcast episode is we're going to be talking a lot about uh, supplementation and a lot of it focused on brain health and um, kind of supplements for, uh, you know, brain development and um, some of those types of things. And one of the things that we are going to be focusing on as far as supplementation goes for kind of the latter half of this is CBD. So I have not been, I'm not very familiar with CBD, CBD oil. And, and, you know, I've heard a lot about that and kind of, it's kind of buzzworthy right now. And there's a lot of people talking about it, but not a lot of, you know, I'm just not really sure like what is true, what was not true, like what kind of just to, kind of go filter out like the good information from the bad that's out there. So Evan has a lot of information in regards to CBD and kind of the fact from fiction, uh, kind of diving into like how it works and um, its efficacy and kind of how all of that um, goes and maybe even potentially some brands that he would recommend, that type of thing. So. Hope you guys enjoy this interview and I look forward to coming back on and speaking with you guys next week. So without further ado, let's introduce Evan DeMarco. So Evan DeMarco is a sports medicine and nutrition expert, a published author, public speaker, and a frequent guest on television, radio, and digital platforms. He is a successful entrepreneur whose interest in diet, health, and supplements began as an athlete and consumer determined to improve an industry that was going through massive transformation. So leveraging his sports background, his entrepreneurial skills, and his thirst for knowledge, Evan returned to school to bio and organic chemistry and went on to develop a vastly improved formula for prenatal supplements delivered in liquid form. From there, he worked to develop a supplement that would enhance the brain building properties of his original formula. And that supplement is the Alpha Omega Cognitive Boost. So we are gonna talk a bit about that supplement and some others on the interview today. So I'd like to introduce Evan DeMarco. Hi Evan, how are you doing? I'm well, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, for any of my listeners who have not heard of you and don't know, um, you know, kind of much about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and just kind of what you do? Certainly. Uh, so this is kind of a, a complicated story, but um, the you know, uh, way back in the day, I decided I wanted to be a journalist, and and you know, went down the road and in school of uh, you know trying to do that, and then um, you know I, I had a career-ending injury and, and wasn't able to play sports, uh, and quickly realized that uh, you know I needed to do some other things, and and so I actually went out into the workplace and became a journalist, and uh, found out real quick that they don't pay very well. Um, <laughs> And so my dreams of being Woodward and Bernstein were kind of dashed, and and uh, so I ended up in corporate America and banking, and and that was fun, and I got to wear a three-piece suit, and and uh, um, all of a sudden after a couple of years of that, I'm like, wow, this is really horrible. Um, and so I found myself in a sports nutrition company, uh, and it was, you know, sports have always been such a major part of my life and health and wellness. And, and, and I came from a very healthy family where, you know, food was kind of the essential component, not only of our health, but just the social, uh, you know, the social aspect of our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I get into this, this sports nutrition company and, and I really start kind of peeling back the layers of what nutrition is and, and looking at things from a product development standpoint. Um, and I got really fascinated with the whole idea of developing products but I didn't have the technical background. So I went back to school and, and started studying, you know, all, all of the fun things that no one actually wants to study, like, you know, biochemistry and organic chemistry. Um, and so while I'm studying that stuff, I, I would learn things in class and then I would take that into the lab with the R&D guys and they hated me. They absolutely hated <laughs> me. I'd come in with like these list of questions and they're just looking at me like, let us do our job. Um, but what I found is, is with all of the experience, especially in, in corporate America and marketing and, and business development, um, I was able to marry that with the understanding of what will, what would be really essential in the marketplace for new product development. Uh, so I spent years doing that, and you know, introducing a lot of new and innovative products to the market. You know, a lot of chia-based products when that became very big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, focusing on things like platinose when the uh, you know when that became big in sports nutrition, beta alanine. So. Um, I, I've always been fairly lucky in being kind of on the cusp of, of emerging trends. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, then basically, uh, after you know, after jumping around a little bit and doing a lot of consulting with a lot of major brands and helping product development, um, I was contacted by uh, ACOG, which is the American College of OBGYNs, to help work on some new and innovative ideas for prenatal. Mm. And that was really fun, but it was kind of like, I was very dispassionate about it. It was like, oh, okay, I'm just creating new products, new delivery systems. Um, and then I found out I was going to be a father. And then all of a sudden that really changed everything. It's like that I kind of had to look at the whole uh, prenatal market very personally. And mm-hmm. what I found was prenatals by and large were horrible. Mm-hmm. They hadn't changed much in like the last 20 to 30 years. So the same prenatal that my mom was taking was pretty much the same thing that my wife was taking. Uh, so I'm like, well, no, we've got to change this. I was I was deeply concerned about prenatals. I was deeply concerned about the uh, genetic component to uh, you know my contribution to my daughter. So I'm like, I've got to I've got to deal with this. Um, so that led me down the road of of really developing some some new innovative prenatal technology. And one of those is something called alpha and omega, which is used a lot in prenatals. Uh, so you'll see that um, you know in a number of different prenatals, whether that's prescription or OTC, and it's really focused on brain development. Mm-hmm. Uh, utilizing high concentrate omega-3 fatty acids with something called alpha GPC uh, and, and what I found was is that if we can start mir- mimicking uh, breast milk early on and we can start utilizing some of these you know scientifically validated uh, raw materials in prenatal we can really help a lot of the aspects of, of prenatal and infant brain development mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of led me down the road to a, a lot of different things and, and obviously I, I formulate for a lot of the major brands I've, I've done a ton in product development and so I I play in this supplement pharmaceutical space you know um, so in a nutshell it's uh, that's that's it Wow. Well, and that's a lot. <laughs> that's interesting. It was interesting to hear you talk about you were in banking. My husband was as well many, many years ago in corporate lending. And uh, oh, man, he kind of had the same experience. It's <laughs> like, this is this is not good. I need out. I need to find something else to do. <laughs> you know, I still have this closet full of suits. And every time I, I walk past them, I just it, there's this sense of relief that I don't have to do that every day. It's It's, you know, there's a freedom that comes from you know, not living in a cubicle. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cubicle city. So, um, so you mentioned that when you were growing up, you lived. You know, your your lifestyle, your diet. You know, you came from a pretty healthy family. So, how does that translate to you now as an adult? So, how tell us a little bit about how kind of your lifestyle, your nutrition looks now. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, I came from a very Italian family, and my grandmother. You know, we we owned an Italian restaurant growing up, and so, um, you know, I grew up on Italian food. Now, it was very Mediterranean style, where it wasn't, I think, what we typically think of with Italian food is is you know all you can eat breadsticks and Olive Garden. I was going to say it's uh, all, Olive Garden is America's definition. Of yeah, it's, <laughs> that's the sad reality. Right, but um. You know, it was very, very Mediterranean. A lot of, you know, just a lot of, uh, you know, fish. Um, not a lot of pasta like we tend to think about. Uh, mm-hmm. My grandmother could make anything, and of course, you know, there were carbs. There was, mm-hmm. there was pasta. There was pizza. But it was, it was just again very Mediterranean. Where, mm-hmm. you know, fish, lamb. Um, yeah, fish was kind of her big thing. Um, and it was, it was the manner in which we ate. It was like my grandmother's way of showing that she loved you was to feed you. Mm-hmm. And so it was always these smaller meals spread out throughout the day. Uh, and I found that, you know, especially for a growing boy, that seemed to work well for me is I'd eat a small amount, run out and play for a, a long time, come back, eat a little bit. more. And so that uh, that kind of grazing lifestyle became, you know, very I don't, it really worked for me, I guess, is, is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Um, then as we get older and of course you get into your 20s and and you know life kind of catches up to you and, and taco bell becomes maybe more of a staple in our diet mm-hmm. than we like uh, you recognize the inherent downfall of diets like that and, and you know just the, the fast-paced you know always on the go never have time for a, a healthy meal so always being in sports and always being in athletics once you kind of get to that certain age where your body can no longer keep up with all the bad things you're doing to it mm-hmm. especially with diet I had to make some pretty, you know, pretty aggressive uh, lifestyle changes, and for me, it actually came about from a life insurance physical, mm. where, um, you know, I, I've got this life insurance policy. I have my daughter, and they come, they send the nurse out to do the physical, and I get the results back, and my cholesterol was through the roof, uh, wow. and I'm like, oh, okay, uh, 
wasn't expecting that. No family history of it. And so, uh, you know, just really kind of forced me to look at, you know, just my whole lifestyle. And as much as I travel, it's how do I incorporate healthy lifestyle choices into uh, into what it is that I do. And, and a lot of that was just cutting out all the refined foods. Sugar mm-hmm. had to go, um, which is my kryptonite. I, you know, it's mm-hmm. I can't just stop with one small piece of cake. It's once I start, it's, it becomes a, an obsession. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, obviously it just really became more of that Mediterranean, but very keto based. It's, you know, a lot of high fat, high protein, limiting the carbs. Um, and of course, just being intelligent about food, you know, all in moderation, really. Right, right. Well, that sounds great. And it's very interesting that you, um, I guess it's not surprising given your background, um, but it's interesting that, that you would get a report like that and then automatically think, okay, I need to cut out all the refined foods, I need to cut out sugar that's what's going to help me lower my cholesterol because that's so opposite of what we're told and what the majority of Americans out there believe. Yeah, and and you know, it, it's funny. I mean, you think most people hear cholesterol and they're like, "Oh, I need to cut out eggs or things mm-hmm. like that." And it was um you know, yeah, it's it's uh, just the history of of, you know, going through the whole process of understanding, uh, you know, our biochemistry and what really works. It's like, "No, it's it's the refined stuff. It's all the stuff that my body can't process." And That's right. Um, yeah. yeah, sugars. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, sugar. Sugar's a big one. Um, and and uh, you know, and, and then getting into proper supplementation was also a big one. You know, really looking at omega three polyunsaturated fatty acids and mm-hmm. finding the appropriate ones that were really going to help. And you know, not alcoholic fatty liver disease has become such a prevalent issue in today's society. And you know, there's really a lot of clinical research on how omega threes can help with that. So um, yeah, that's great. And you are the person to talk about this. Can you talk a little bit about um, kind of explain to the listeners the omega three, omega six type, you know, like ratios and what is optimal and then how that how the omega threes really do help with things like with liver and helping to clear out the congestion in your liver? Yeah, yeah. And that's a great question. one of the things that I found when I really started looking at omega-3 supplementation was exactly what you just said was this omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. Mm-hmm. And you kind of look back historically on, on our diets and, and even, you know, 100, 150 years ago, that ratio was anywhere between, you know, 4 and 5 to 1. Um, you know, 500 years ago, it was 1 to 1. Now, you know, the estimate is it's 20 to 1, you know, 20, yeah, 20 milligrams yeah. of omega-6 to 1 milligram of omega-3. Um, and the problem is omega-6 in that quantity is so pro-inflammatory. So now you do have a lot of the inflammatory response issues, especially in the liver. Um, mm-hmm. Now, omega-3s are kind of an interesting thing. And if you look at how omega-3s are, most omega-3s are derived, a large chunk of them come from anchovies and sardines caught off the coast of like Chile. Mm-hmm. And from there, they're taken to a foundry and they're pressed and you get this oil and this fish meal. Well, that oil is typically referred to as 1812 or crude oil, and the 1812 is representative of the EPA DHA concentration for a total of 30% uh, omega 3s. The rest is all pro inflammatory omega 6, saturated fat, cholesterol, all of the bad fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if you go to Costco and you buy your, you know, 12 year supply of fish oil for $4, <laughs> typically what you're going to find is it's that 1812. It's been minimally refined. You know, there's some processing done to make sure that there's no none of the large quantities of environmental toxins, but you still have all of that bad fat in there. Mm-hmm. So when we really look at omega-3s and how they become helpful in today's Western diet, you have to look at higher concentrations where we get rid of those pro-inflammatory omega-6s cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really understand all this until I started really working with omegas and the differences between these cheaper ones and, and the more expensive ones. And the more expensive ones are really just indicative of the processing that goes through uh, that these soil goes to concentrate up and make sure that it's just a better product. But mm-hmm. of course, when we look at all the environmental issues, what we're doing to our oceans, the plastics, you know, those higher concentrates really become a way too of scrubbing that oil to make sure that it's a, a much more beneficial product. So when we get rid of a lot of those omega-6s and we come back to this really kind of pure omega-3, uh, you know, then we have a lot of opportunity to work with or, or to help our livers process 
that fat, you know, really kind of move past that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, so the mode of action becomes very anti-inflammatory or inflammation resolution, as, as I like to say, and especially in the liver, which can be kind of an indication, you know, a canary in the coal mine for cardiovascular health. You know, you look at a lot of people who have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and they usually end up with heart disease, coronary issues, uh, mm -hmm. things like that. Liver really becomes the, the central point for a lot of the bad diet choices that most Americans are making. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, <clears throat> so. That's very. I mean, that's that's very interesting with the omega threes and to omega six. And you hear a lot about, like you said, where people they hear, yes, you need the omega threes, and so, like you said, they'll go to Costco or wherever and buy these huge containers of it that last for years, and they they really think that they're doing something good, and um, unfortunately, they can just be compounding the problem, which is unfortunate. exactly, yeah. It, it, that's just one of the issues that we constantly see is, is you know, the, there's just such a, uh, a lack of understanding sometimes in the marketplace that, uh, you know, people are making bad supplement choices. And, and, and that's that's a hard thing, right? It's like you go and you spend money on something that you think is beneficial for you. And, and without the proper education or understanding on, on what that product is and why you should be taking it, we ultimately end up sometimes doing more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. So speaking uh, to kind of this audience who is uh, mostly keto or they're you know looking to start a ketogenic lifestyle, um, that type of thing. So if someone is ketogenic and they are wanting to supplement with things like, I guess omega-3 would be a great one to supplement with, do you have any other suggestions that, I know we can't, you know, it's not like a one size fits all supplementation, but, but are there other things that people could explore that you see as often good supplements for people to be doing. Absolutely, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head first, is, is that there's no one size fits all, and, and that has really become one of the, the problems in the supplement marketplace, is, is that you get a lot of people screaming from the top of their lungs that this is your, this is your cure-all, just take this, and mm -hmm. um, you know, really my recommendation is always work with a good, you know, whether it's a naturopathic doctor or more of a functional medicine practitioner mm -hmm. to understand lab work and to take a look at the, you know, really what's going on within your body. Um, you know, get a microbiome test. What is it? Uh, Viome uh, has an incredible test that you can take, and it kind of gives you this great readout of the things that's go that are going on in your gut, um, food, you know, recommendations. But um, yeah, it's it, there's no one size fits all. But I think that a couple things, omegas by and large, are pretty safe for most people. And you know, as we find out, about 80% of the U.S. population is deficient in omega-3 or polyunsaturated fatty acids. Mm -hmm. Um, part of that is, and I, you know, obviously with a keto lifestyle, you don't end up with too many vegetarians, but mm -hmm. there's this kind of vegetarian movement where a lot of people are thinking that they're getting a lot of their omega-3s from ALA, which things are like chia, flax. Um, and the big problem with that is, is that those things convert in your body at a very limited basis to EPA and DHA, which the science shows is really where you get the anti-inflammatory benefit. So if anyone's vegetarian, you know, I always say that's you know, at least look at some of the higher concentrated algae forms instead of just getting your, your omegas from uh, uh, from like chia and flax. Glutathione, I think, is a really big one. So anyone looking to go down the keto, uh, the keto route, you know, glutathione really becomes this great product to help kind of cleanse your system, especially your liver, um, you know, the adrenals. Uh, and, and but the problem is is that glutathione is really not very well absorbed. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is that's a tricky one because um, that. So do you recommend the precursors like uh, NAC, selenium, things like that, or are you? Is there a good glutathione supplement that you would recommend? The uh, Quicksilver Scientific um, is, and they're the leaders in the liposomal delivery uh, mm -hmm. systems. Uh, I think that their liposomal glutathione is absolutely amazing. Okay. Um, so that, that's one that I, I highly recommend to, to anyone who asks me that question is, you know, best glutathione. I think that they've, they've created a technological infrastructure that's unparalleled. So very happy to recommend their product. That's great. Um, yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, vitamin D, obviously, that's the big one. Mm -hmm. um, now, interestingly enough, there's some really fascinating research on melatonin that's coming out. Uh, and how melatonin not only impacts our sleep, and, and we have to look at our lifestyles, how high stress we are, how we're always plugged in. You know, it's like the first thing people do when they wake up is check their phone. It's, uh, mm -hmm. 
we've just become this society of amped up people. So melatonin really has this profound impact, not only on sleep, but what we're seeing is, is a lot of the skin uh, benefits from melatonin. Mm. Um, so, you know, as, as we look at environmental toxins, sun exposure, all of the things that are really taking place, there's some really interesting science about melatonin right now. So that's one that I just recently started taking and I, I've noticed a pretty profound impact in my sleep patterns as well as just, you know, general sense of well-being. That's great. Okay. So that's interesting. That's not what I hear a lot about, um, you know, very often. So that's kind of a new, a new one to look into. Um, so while we're kind of talking about supplements, so one of the things that I know that you are very well versed in, and I would really like to talk about since I've got you on here and can kind of pick your brain is to talk a little bit about CBD. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very controversial topic, uh, out there right now, I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure you see a lot of that, you get a lot of that, and it's definitely something we've never talked about on this podcast before. Yeah, the, the CBD has become the uh, the billion dollar buzzword uh, in the supplement industry as of late, or even the pharmaceutical uh, as of last week when the GW Corporation out of uh, England was uh, received their patent or their FDA approval for the childhood epilepsy product, uh, which contains CBD. So this has become a a monster topic of conversation. Uh, Mitch McConnell submitted a bill, I believe it was two weeks ago, to uh, legalize the domestic cultivation of hemp, uh, mm -hmm. CBD uh, hemp from. Uh, um, so that, so that, there, yeah, it, it's it's such a fascinating conversation, and and I guess I've been a part of the CBD movement for a while, which was really weird for me. Um, as I said, kind of growing up playing sports you know drugs were the big no-no right it's mm -hmm. you just you know not only did I, I credit my parents for putting the fear of god in me for you know <laughs> all things drug related but it's like if you wanted to play sports you just didn't even think about drugs in any kind of capacity mm -hmm. so sports being a catalyst for a lot of the things in my life you know the idea of marijuana was just like no 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 i, I if you know if i saw it at a party if I, you know i just kind of ran the other direction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, you know, I get into the, the health and wellness space and you start hearing about CBD and I kind of had this almost visceral reaction. It was back to my high school days of, nope, nope, that's that's a drug, can't touch that. Um, and then I started doing the research on it because it kept popping up and it's like, okay, what is, let, let's, before I poo-poo this, let's really take a look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you find all of like the, the history behind it, right? It's like 10,000 years ago, uh, 5,000 years ago, this was a major medicinal uh, aspect in like Chinese and Indian medicine. Uh, George Washington grew this. And in fact, you know, uh, in his time, it was illegal to not grow hemp. Um, all the major farms had to go, you know, and, and there's all there's so many different benefits for the hemp plant. It's rope, it's clothing, it's it's the fibers can be used for so many different things. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a major medicinal component. Um, so then you have to really look at the thing holistically. And and when you take hemp oil, you have these 113 unique phytocannabinoids. The two most prevalent of these phytocannabinoids are THC and CBD. Now THC is the thing that's you know, bad, right? That's the psychoactive, that's the thing that gets you high, that's the thing that's gonna give you the munchies and, um, you know, kind of all of the bad things that, that we at least we hear about with marijuana. CBD has some really interesting, you know, nutraceutical and, and uh, pharmaceutical properties. You know, it's a natural anti-inflammatory. It's, uh, you know, it, it really helps with brain inflammation. It, you know, just the list really goes on and on as far as what the potential for the stuff is. Mm -hmm. um, now, the problem with CBD is that historically there's been no baseline from which to compare it to. So, you know, people were taking CBD in marijuana form, they were taking it in liquid drops and soft gels, they were taking different dosages. So what happened is, is that we had this kind of catch-all for CBD. No one really understood what it did, so it did everything. Mm -hmm. And by virtue of the fact that we're now starting to understand the regulatory aspects of it, we're getting into a place where it has become legal in a certain capacity as long as you follow a certain set of rules. We're getting to really understand what it does, and and you know when we look at anxiety, when we look at depression, when we look at um, you know brain health, uh, traumatic brain injury, um, we're starting to see the profound impacts of CBD. So it's it's one of those things where it's in its infancy, but the potential for this has is just exploded, and that's why it's become such a big topic of conversation. But mm -hmm. um, I'm so excited to actually be talking about it and to you know to to help kind of 
bridge the gap between the understanding that this is not a drug. This is really just a, an incredible product with a lot of properties that can help people. Uh, pain management is, is a big one. Opioid addiction is something that we're finding is that CBD can really help with people who have, you know, uh, are addicted to opioids. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it really is. It's one of those things I could talk about for, for months on end and probably not even scratch the surface. So. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. So what, um, so I know almost nothing about CBD. I have never had it, never experienced it. What are some of the ways that you can get it now? And how do you, how do people generally take it? Like what, just kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's a couple different components of, of CBD. So let's let's chat a, real quick about the regulatory piece. Okay. Right now, if you want to go online, um, or or if you live in a state that does not, uh, you know, does not have like you know CBD, legal CBD, or medical marijuana or anything like that, um, there's a way that you can order any CBD product online. The regulatory environment is such that that CBD has to be um, from a foreign source of industrial hemp with THC below 0.3%. Um, and that is based off of a Department of Agriculture farm bill that allows for the legal importation and sale across state lines of, industri of industrial hemp from a foreign source. Now the bill that Mitch McConnell just uh, proposed a couple weeks ago seeks to change all of that. And there's some economics that go into this. The reality is, is that it's a billion dollar cash crop. And so I think we're understanding it's like, why make it legal to import it when we can just grow it here? And there are a lot of farmers especially the tobacco farmers in Kentucky that are growing this stuff right now. Mm -hmm. So that's from the legal standpoint. Um, now, there's a bunch of different delivery systems, right? And you can get it in liquid, the tinctures, you can get it in soft gels, you can get it in, uh, you know, vaping is one of the, the ways to do it, even with CBD oil. Um, I typically tend to shy away from those uh, type of delivery systems. I think that soft gels or liquid delivery systems tend to be the best. Okay. One of the products that I, I really was proud, of, proud to create was um, a branded ingredient technology called Phyto3, which was a combination of omegas and CBD oil. Okay. And this is really unique uh, from a couple different perspectives. Uh, we know that CBD tends to work on, on the CB1 and the CB2 receptors, and these are receptors that are found throughout the entire central nervous system in the body. CBD really works on the ones in the brain while omegas actually work on the endocannabinoid system or these CB2 receptors in the body. So by combining omegas and CBD, we have this real holistic approach to health and wellness within the body. CBD working with the brain, the omegas work with the body. Okay. Uh, now you've got a bunch of different uh, dosages and, and, and that's where I always tell people, it's like there tends to be this great starting place of about five milligrams of CBD as a beginning place for a dosage. And whether that's for pain management, anxiety, sleep, you know, start with five and always kind of work your way up. And that's, uh, that's always the baseline. Cause I know some people have tried it at like 25 and they feel like it zones them out. Um, you know, there are some people that are taking 50 and feel no impact. So each person like any nutraceutical is going to be different and they're going to have a different response to it. So the, the trick is always start small and then, you know, work your way up. Okay. Okay. And is there, um, I know you mentioned the, uh, the studies that are going on or the, um, the kind of its efficacy for, uh, seizure control or for epilepsy. Um, can you talk a little bit to that? Do you know much about that? That is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I do have, uh, my, our youngest daughter is, it was recently diagnosed epileptic. And um, I absolutely hate that she has to, you know, currently she's on seizure control medication, but um, hopefully we've talked to the doctors and hopefully we will be able to, you know, kind of wean her off of that because she is, um, she is doing a ketogenic diet to help control that. But uh, the CBD sounds very promising. It does, uh, and I think that the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the the newest drug to hit the market on this is is really a supplement, and kind of exactly what you said is it's a way to help wean off of some of these, uh, you know, these other uh, pharmaceutical products, which can have a number of different side effects. Mm -hmm. uh, so the mode of action is really kind of unique, and again, it's just that it's that neural inflammation, it's the calming of the brain, working with the CB1 receptors. Um, and, and what they're finding is, is the dosages for some of these can be a little high. Uh, so again, it's always working on, you know, working with each unique person. But um, I think some of the initial dosages for this, um, this uh, seizure medication are like 200 milligrams. 
-hmm. but Charlotte's Web, which is the company out of Colorado, that really kind of made a lot of uh, made a, a big splash in the CBD market by marketing CBD specifically for childhood epilepsy, was talking about milligram dosages, I believe, in like 20 to 50. Okay. And there's a lot of success with this, is, is just really calming the neural inflammation, uh, you know, relieving a lot of the issues that are systemic from, you know, from uh, childhood epilepsy. So it's, there's a lot of more research to be done, so I don't want to say it's like this perfect, uh, you know, this perfect uh, mm -hmm. catch-all, but the initial research and the initial indications for this are, are that there's a lot of positive, uh, a lot of positive results for childhood epilepsy. Okay, and so that kind of talking about kind of the bringing down kind of the brain inflammation and and kind of the the calming the nerve the nerve calming effects of this makes me kind of wonder. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on around this um, with uh, kids and and ADD and ADHD and that type of thing. Is that something that is they're kind of also gearing some of this toward? Uh, there is some preliminary studies about this with uh, ADHD. Um, one of the things that I'm really focused on and, and a kind of a passion project of mine is looking at, uh, you know, omega-3s and alpha-GPC with phosphatidylserine as a uh, as a catalyst to, uh, you know, dealing with ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at it from a, from a business perspective, ADHD medication represents like an $11 billion annual industry in the United right, States. Right, right. <laughs> and it... And the funny thing is, is I know parents whose kids have been diagnosed with ADHD, and and I mean, growing up, I would have been the poster child for that, <laughs> right, right? Right. You know, it's it's it, now the issue is, is you know, the litmus test for what is ADHD has become so low, so it's like everyone has it, and then mm -hmm. we throw pharmaceuticals at it. And now you've got kids that are on these Ritalin, you know, type products, these stimulant based, and we don't really know what these do long term. Mm -hmm. But by really focusing on you know what's causing that and, and really some of the brain issues which are you know not enough polyunsaturated fatty acids not yes. enough acetylcholine um, one of the products that I, I've been really proud to work on is is this alpha and omega uh, branded ingredient which is used for ADHD and and you know really just by tackling some of the the root causes of ADHD at least as far as we understand them um, we're able to look at a alternative to these stimulant-based, uh, you know, medication medications, and, and I look at it as a parent. There's no way that I would ever put my kid on Ritalin. So, right, you know, right. what can I do as a parent to to help all the other ones who really don't want to do that? No, I'm with you, and I, I always see, um, I always see this stuff and think to myself, like, well, you know, what is the kid eating? Like you kind of see what kids are being fed and all this packaged food and all the dyes and the sugars and the, you know, all this stuff. And then, and then we're like surprised that they can't sit for eight hours a day in a classroom and be still and be quiet and they can't focus and they can't, and that kind of always boggles my mind. I've always just thought, well, I mean, who could like, that's, that's like torturous, right? I mean, that's as near impossible. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I think I was looking at it from the standpoint of like as adults, I, I couldn't sit still right. for a day and be quiet. Why could, Why would I expect my daughter to do that? Yes, a, a child who's developing and they're, they're supposed to be moving and they're supposed to be exploring and, and uh, you know, making all these neurons and these connections in their brain. And I think, you know, it's just, it seems so crazy to me. And like you said, you know, anybody basically, it seems like now the bar has been set so low on what qualifies you to have, you know, quote unquote ADHD that, you know, everybody is, that goes to their pediatrician is, you know, leaves with a, with a uh, prescription for some kind of, like you said, some kind of pharmaceutical that we don't know long term what it's really doing to these kids no no and and you know I, I think again you hit the nail on the head it's it's the the platform is forces in opposition it's here sit in this desk while your body is telling you to do something completely different and uh you know and not go crazy while we lecture at you for eight hours and right. you know it doesn't make any sense it's no it doesn't. So you mentioned this alpha and omega that you have that you worked on. That you so tell me a little bit about that. What do you? Where can you find that? Where can people get that if they're interested? Um, there's a number of different companies that sell that particular ingredient technology. Uh, Omax Health is a great one. Um, definitely love the product that they've put together. Uh, and I think you, OmaxHealth.com. Okay. Um, 
know, there's a couple other uh, a couple other companies that sell it. It's in a lot of prenatals. So you know, any any of your listeners who are looking for uh, you know really great prenatal uh, supplements can talk to their doctor about the Alpha and Omega Technology platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, what it is is it's combining a it, the the nuts and bolts of it. It's combining oil and water. So you take fish oil and you take a phospholipid form of choline. Uh, and, and blend those together, but that that particular choline source has had the fatty acid has had the fatty acid tails removed, so you get this really unique matrix that helps cross the blood-brain barrier mm-hmm. um, and can lead to a formation of acetylcholine within 45 minutes to an hour, which really is going to help improve memory, focus, and concentration for both kids and adults. Um, and it does it in a non-stimulant way, and it does it very rapidly. So. One of the things that the FDA just recently uh, did was uh, create a recommended intake for choline. Um, now, choline, most of the time what we're seeing in supplements comes from choline bitartrate choline salts, which a lot of the clinical evidence shows has zero impact on brain metabolism. So if we really want to look at brain health and, and you know, kind of dealing with some of these ADHD issues, and whether that's with kids or adults, uh, you know, we need more bioavailable and brain-available forms of choline, and, and that's where that GPC really comes in. Um, it helps with like brain-derived nootropic factor. It's a precursor to acetylcholine. Um, actually, uh, it can increase growth hormones. So now we're dealing with you know weight management and, and you know gains in the gym. So it really becomes like uh, one of those holistic approaches to health and wellness, as I like to say. Yeah, that's great. And and some of the uh, for the listeners um, as well as the supplements that you're talking about, just to kind of give them a little keto tie-in. So, uh, foods that I'm aware of that are high in choline are things like eggs, liver, um, fish, right? Shellfish, things like that. Yeah, some self shellfish, um, and and you're gonna get some more phospholipid. Uh, that that's where the phospholipids come from. But yeah, that's. Okay. Uh, Okay. And, I, and I always, I always joke. It's I don't know a lot of people who make liver a consistent part of their. <laughs> no, <laughs> I actually don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to get it and get it uh, ground and put into like when I make a chili or hamburger patties, things like that. You can hide it and you won't know it's there. And kids don't know it's there. So I always will try to do like little sneaky ways like that, but. Um, I haven't found a real good way that I enjoy just eating liver. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, I think that's a brilliant way to do it is to, is to hide it, but yeah, that, that's a difficult <laughs> one to make a consistent part of your diet. Yes, it is. It, that, it's definitely not consistent. I will say that for sure. Okay, so, that, so that's very interesting. I appreciate all that information. That's very helpful. Is there any kind of final words you want to say about the CBD that, um, that you think would be good for people to know, or do you feel like you kind of got all that pretty good. No, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things. It's, it's really look at the reasons why, you know, I, I always say we've, I kind of come back to being a journalist, right? It's everything's this who, what, where, when, you know, how and, and why. But when I look at supplements, I try to ask myself those questions, you know, who makes it, where does it come from? Uh, you know, when was it made? You know, there's this kind of this whole mode that I go through when really looking at a supplement. But the most important question that I think that, uh, you know, people need to ask themselves is why? Why am I taking this? And, and, and the problem is, is that we get so much advice from Dr. Google or, mm-hmm. you know, our mailman or the, 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 you know, mom at the PTA meeting uh, <laughs> who says, I took this and it changed my life. And hey, maybe it did, maybe mm-hmm. it's placebo, but maybe their physiological makeup is something so completely different from ours. So this one size fits all approach and, and the real understanding of why we're taking things becomes a catalyst for should we take it? Um, mm-hmm. And just like with any supplement, CBD I think has some really incredible implications. You know, if, if you are suffering from anxiety, and, and that's kind of the modern anxiety that I call it, uh, you know, social media calls it FOMO. You know, it's just really like, <laughs> yes. wake, you know, waking up and like, oh my God, I, I missed a party last night right. on, on Facebook. Um, you know, or, or if you're just overworked, overstressed, you know, can't sleep, you know, have pain, uh, you know, any kind of pain. Maybe CBD is a great alternative for you, but I always recommend it. It's do a little bit of research, talk to a great you know physician who believes in alternative approaches to things rather than just throwing a, a, a prescription at it, mm-hmm. and see if it makes sense. But what we do know is is that there seems to be a whole lot of benefit to CBD. So um, you know whether it's it's a daily part of a, a, a regimen or just something that can be taken as needed, um, you know just 
check it out, make sure you're doing the research and finding a good quality source. And that's the other thing too, is, is with something like this where it becomes a new product in the marketplace, you get a lot of people who are just throwing junk at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so always look at reputable brands for CBD. Um, again, that Omax Health has a, a great one. A lot of the practitioner brands, you know, some of your Metagenics, your Designs for Health, mm-hmm. uh, they have great CBD products. So, uh, you know, where you get it is, is just as important as, as why you're taking it. Right. Oh, totally agree with that. Across the board for supplements, that's so super important. So, um, well, kind of, can we wrap up by kind of telling people, um, is there, you know, how are, do you work in any capacity with the public or how can people find out more information about you? Things like that. Uh you know, I, I do in, in certain uh, respects. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do is kind of behind the scenes as far as, you know, d- developing supplements for cer- certain companies. But, um, you know, Evan DeMarco on Facebook, uh, you know, you can always track me down there, Instagram. Um, and then, you know, LinkedIn is, is, is probably a great place. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if any information, you can always you can always uh, cyber stalk me and get a hold of me somehow. <laughs> Sounds good. That sounds good. Well, before I let you go, Evan, I just have one more question for you. Just for the listeners, if there is like one great piece of advice that you could give everybody out there just in regards to anything, it doesn't have to be supplements, doesn't have to be nutrition, but just lifestyle in general. Um, you know, you you do this research, you're in the trenches. What's one thing that you would say is just super important you see as paramount to good health? Go on vacation. No. <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> I'll book time. a trip tomorrow. I, I think, yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I jokingly say that, but it's 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 so easy to get caught up in the day to day in the rat race, and and you know we look at the you know the research that's coming out about some of these you know some of these places in the world where people are living the longest, and it, and it's all about creating this you know this balance, right? And I know we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't find that mm-hmm. and uh, you know what Curly said in the original City Slickers movie is is you know we get our we get our rope wound up in knots for 50 weeks out of the year and think that two weeks on vacation is going to change that he's probably right but right. just take some time you know whether it's five minutes in the morning before you shut your turn your phone on or you know uh, whatever it is just breathe take a take a chill pill mm-hmm. that's great advice sometimes easier said than done <laughs> That's definitely something I'm still trying to work on myself, but uh, I think that's great advice. We could all use that for sure. Yeah, I, well, I'm right there with you. I, I, I'd like to start taking my own advice, but I can't find time. <laughs> that's a great. That's great. I like that. I might have to steal that one because that's pretty much my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan. Well, I really appreciate having you on the show today. It's been quite a treat talking to you, and I think this was just. A ton of information for our listeners. I have a feeling that they are going to be rewinding this and uh, grabbing a pen and paper and taking notes. <laughs> and that's good. I love episodes that'll get people doing that. So I really enjoyed having you on here today, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 